0: She's a former public school teacher turned stay-at-home mom. He's a talk show host who's made a career covering politics from afar. Now, Christine Stagall and her husband Chris have chosen a new path forward for their child in Christian education. Join them as they explore and experience this
1: important alternative and education for the first time. Welcome to Making the Leap.
0: Honestly, now I think that it's probably equally hard for boys and girls. Um, And I think that that has a lot to do with social media and the things that public school and just some of the indoctrination and things like that. I think that it's making it just as hard for boys and girls
2: welcome back into another episode of making the leap we're so glad you're here with us today we've been having a lot of awesome in-studio guest, and we're here today with another one, which makes me so happy that we get to utilize the building, not mess with phones, get to have the in-person conversations. And so today we are gonna be talking with somebody that I had the pleasure of meeting several months ago. We had a guest on a while back named Maddie Salmon. And she was a former student at the school where our daughter attends, and we had her on primarily to talk about, number one, coming from a Christian school, But also because she was involved with a ministry called Raise Up, Rise Up, which was designed to—I always kind of botch the exact like you know model of the ministry—but basically just kind of come alongside young women, raise them up, and also come alongside women in their twenties, their thirties, their forties, and beyond, and just kind of create this network of of females just experiencing god talking about faith and so that's kind of been her heart and passion and when i went to that ministry event anna was up on stage she was one of the panelists talking about her you know seventh and eighth grade or seventh grade experience i guess at that time eighth grade experiences um, being in a school um, what faith means to her and next to anna was our current guest today named hannah earl and hannah struck me number one i was just laughing like the hannah anna thing all the time cracked me up as I was listening but you were talking about just what our young people are up against today in the world you have a social work background yeah i about to have your second child staying at home but the things that you were saying I just I I love those moments because I would I just was kind of leaning in a little bit more you know I was just kind of thinking oh sh- I I wish I could be back at the beginning of the stage of having young kids, but at the same time, I'm not. So, you know, how can I take the things that we were Mm -hmm. hearing that day and apply them to my own parenting journey, um, her friends that she, you know, comes alongside, that kind of thing. And so it was just a pleasure to get to talk with you. And then in doing so, found out that you also had graduated from that same school. Um, And so we're just kind of here today to have a conversation about christian education um, coming up in grade school through christian education um, and that kind of how god works through that into adult life because i think those are the things that i think some of our parents some of the people listening want to hear is it's not just about this grade to this grade and then you're done and then you go on it's what you're learning there that you take out with you so thank you so much for being with us today
1: welcome to the show
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I'm so happy to be here. We're
1: thrilled. uh, I was reading a little about your bio. Your background is in psychology, and Mm -hmm. so um, jumping off of what she just said, young people, and (laughs) I don't know whether it's exclusive to boys or girls, I have a suspicion (laughs) girls just have a harder slog, particularly um, middle and high school girls. I have a feeling, I I, I know all kids do, but I think Mm -hmm. girls have a uniquely challenging time out there today <laughs> and Is we know true? you're not a
2: social worker now but we're just kind of pulling on some of what you've seen and yeah. what you know yeah
0: honestly i think you know when i was growing up i think that it was probably harder for girls um especially you know middle school to high school years you're uncomfortable in your body uncomfortable mm-hmm. in just friendships and social relationships mm-hmm guys tend to have a lot easier time making friends Mm -hmm. than girls and things like that but honestly now I think that it's probably equally hard for boys and girls Um, and I think that that has a lot to do with social media and the things that uh, a lot of um, public school and just some of the indoctrination and things like that I think that it's making it just as hard for boys and girls there's different things that they're thinking about mm-hmm. that i did not have to think about when We've i was talked a teenager. about that a
2: little bit just sent that idea of being a guy's guy if that's still okay now in in mm-hmm. certain i guess in certain places and it's not which is right. sad to me and then there's yes. that overcompensating now i'm going to be so much of a guy that now you're not really super nice so like there's that balance right. that it's and there right. that identity piece is tough we're raising two boys and a girl so that's yeah. we're trying to see it from both ends I think for sure there was almost like a
0: clear distinction you know you liked sports so you were a jock mm-hmm. you liked theater so you were in mm-hmm. this crowd mm-hmm. that sort of thing and now it's not necessarily a bad thing that it's uh, people are more together in different mm-hmm. groups but there's no way to like distinguish yourself because a lot of it is frowned upon mm-hmm. um, even though they're also telling you at the same time just be who you just are just be who you want to yeah. be <laughs> be whoever
2: you want to be speak your truth Yeah, but <laughs> only if
0: it matches up with what we think yes. is appropriate you
1: came yeah. up through Christian education your entire education yes and so when you say you think when you were in school versus today, what do you think you see as a big difference? Particularly that you had a Christian education background the entire time. Um, mm-hmm. Setting aside kind of what would be secular or public school, what um, what do you recall about being a K through 12 Christian student? Maybe being a struggle then, or what do you see as different today?
0: Well. There, There's nothing new under the sun. So yeah. what kids are dealt with in a secular setting, there was a lot of kids that dealt with those same things. Sure. It may have been handled differently. And honestly, I think probably in a better way because we are able to, uh, administrators and teachers were able to come alongside the family and the church to work through... Uh, any kind of issues that a child was having. And I don't, I think that that's missing in a public school setting or in a secular setting. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, is that I was just always, um, I was always surrounded with a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my education, Um, which I I actually think is more well-rounded because not only did I learn about, say, evolution, but I also learned about creation. Mm -hmm. And so it was always brought back to what does the word of God say about this? And a lot of my curriculum was was involved in that. Two plus two is four, no matter where (laughs) you go to school. But there are other things that um, the Bible speaks differently about than the world tells us. And so, I've always told people that because I went to a Christian school, I have a much broader view because mm-hmm. I learned about both um, aspects and both viewpoints.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you advocate then? Do you say? Would you count yourself as an advocate of Christian education today? Or um, I know you probably encountered a lot of people that educate at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if somebody were to come to you today and say, "Hannah, I don't know, uh, what's wrong with public school? Why shouldn't I put him or her in there?" Uh, do you do you feel like you take a hard position on that if somebody asks you, or not necessarily?
0: Um, you know, I think that the something that I'm very passionate about is parents' choice. Um, I think a lot of that's been taken away from us um, since COVID, and so, um, or at least there was an attempt to do that, and so. Mm-hmm. I always advocate for informed consent Mm -hmm. um, people to have all of the information and make the best decision for them, for their family. Mm -hmm. But I definitely lean towards Christian education or, or education at home. Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you are a Christian, um, because it's still Christian education,
1: right? Um, do you yourself have a family? I should preface because people are always interested. What's yes, I
0: have a almost two-year-old son, and I'm currently 36 <laughs> weeks pregnant. Oh, <Well>, congratulations. <laughs> Thank <All> you. Right. <laughs> so, and
1: your intention is to, I assume, Christian education for the both of them? or
0: yes, homeschool, or, or homeschool, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, I live in a small town um, that has a rural school, um, public school, that, you know, depending on how the world continues Mm -hmm. when they're Mm -hmm. ready for, you know, middle school or high school, that is something that we'll consider. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's something that you should just totally take off the table. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I were living in a, you know, big city like Kansas city, Mm -hmm. it would be out of the question for me because of um, some of the things that are built into the curriculum and, I, those are things that I don't agree with and don't mm-hmm. want my child to be surrounded with every single sure. day. Um, but I do tell people, yes, that if if you are a believer, that from my own experience, that surrounding them with a biblical worldview every single day where they can feel comfortable, that when they are struggling, when they are having issues that they can go to somebody who isn't a trusted adult Mm -hmm. because they have the same belief system Mm -hmm. as they do right i think that it would it would be and could be rather lonely to try to go to a trusted adult Mm -hmm. and they're telling you the exact opposite of everything you've ever known or believed in or what your parents know and believe in right
1: So, that you live in a small community, do you? This is something we hear a lot um, in the, if you want to say controversy of Mm -hmm. uh, school choice. Rural uh, representatives, in particular, in our state's capitals all over the country, they're nervous because they say a rural, small community like yours, uh, you probably know a lot of the people who teach in that building. They're good people. We've got a great school here. uh, We don't want to hurt it, is often the thing. What would you say to that?
0: I would just go back to you have to do what's best for your family. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to do what God is calling you to do. Because we don't answer to the government. We Mm -hmm. don't answer to our small town or our community. Mm -hmm. One day I'm going to go before the Lord and give an account as to what I did to help my children
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, come to know him. And so, and how I discipled them. And so, I think it's really important to always seek the Lord. What mm-hmm. does he want me to do? And um, then do what's best, the right thing for your family.
2: So, shifting gears just a little bit, mm-hmm. um, because I think sometimes we have people that are um, hesitant. We are, you know, the school that I, our daughter is in now, I think. Uh, Probably looks a little bit different from when you were there. Um. Probably so. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, I'm curious on your school experience because I like to have people just hear what it what it was like. I your I I assume you had a pretty small class that you were part of. How many were in your class? There were 13 people that graduated. That graduated me. with yes. you, wow. okay. Yeah. And I know the first class that graduated was like three or four people. It was, uh, it was small, three right? Three people. Yes, yeah. and so it's changed, and now I think we're up to like. 30-ish, right? Like Mm -hmm. where we're at now. Which is still, in a lot of people's eyes, incredibly tiny and incredibly small. small. So graduating with that amount of kids and having those same people around you, probably for multiple year after year, can Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about what it was like for you being in school? Like, not even so much the Christian piece of it, but just being in a smaller school setting. What was that like? What did you enjoy about that? What did you take from it?
0: Yeah, I think... Uh, for me, it was it was very homey. Okay. Um, I uh, always knew what to expect. I always knew, you know, um, if I was having an issue, I knew who I could go to because I had intimate relationships with mm-hmm. my teachers, the principal,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, even the other parents. Uh, okay. Northland's very big on parent volunteering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... Those those things, obviously, there was, I think, only 25 students in the whole school when I was there the first year. The
2: whole school.
1: The first the year. The whole
0: school. So more students right. now are in a graduating class than the whole, <laughs> than the whole school, school. school. <laughs> <laughs> when I was there.
1: Were you aware of that then? Were you aware of how much smaller that school was than public schools in the metropolitan area that have hundreds and hundreds (laughs) graduating in a class?
0: Oh, yes. You were aware of that? Yes, absolutely. Did
1: you feel, I mean, because this was before this became a thing that most people are discussing. Right, right. You were at a time when this was still kind of considered rare or an outlier.
0: Yeah, it was different. My parents, you know, that's something that they decided, you know, way back when, to that Christian education was important to them. Um, And... I didn't really know any different because I had always gone to Christian school, but I had lots of friends that went to public school and it, it was strange to them
1: and um, what you were doing yeah. was strange. yes yes I'm see sure. we, uh, we don't pry too much, but our daughter has obviously friends outside of that uh, mm-hmm. setting, and we have heard her say, and I'd be curious to know about you, mm-hmm. did you use those conversations and interactions as? I don't know, ministry opportunities? Mission fields type. Uh, yeah, or did you, or not, or how did that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think at, in your teenage years, that's always uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I mostly used it as my life is different than yours, and it was obvious mm-hmm. to them, especially at friends that I had that who were not Christians or didn't mm-hmm. grow up in a Christian mm-hmm. household. Um, and so it was more about my, the way I lived, the -hmm. way my family lived. Um, I, uh, had a very nurturing mother who I always have joked and said that my friends came over to see her and not me. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, she, she ministered to a lot of my friends. Mm -hmm. And so that. That became, like, the norm for what people expected of me and my family. Okay.
1: Did you ever get a hard time? Was it ever your uh, friends that were not Christian or not in uh, Christian school? Did you get a hard time for that?
0: Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I've, I especially, honestly, I've had... More of it in my adult life than I have really um, in.
1: Oh, let's get into in that. In what way? Yeah, yeah. I'm because curious. this is um, look. Let's just be honest. I I think there are lots and lots of parents who, even if they think this is something they'd like to explore, they're so nervous for kids who already have such a tough go of it out there mm-hmm. that they're just going to make life even harder for them to if put them in them a or, weird yeah. <laughs> Christian or homeschool
2: setting, right? or something. Right?
0: Yeah. Right. I you know. I have, number one, I think homeschool from when I was in school is totally different mm-hmm. than what it mm-hmm. was now. Even I thought that some of the homeschool kids were a little strange. <laughs> um, but I think that it's so popular now that it's mm-hmm. not that weird for it's really kids not. Yeah. to say I'm homeschooled. Yeah. Whereas, you know, back then that it was weird. Um, but uh, you know, more so in my adult life, I i went to um i graduated from northland in 2009 and then i went to park university for about three years okay and that was a struggle for me um how come i felt very alone there uh suddenly i wasn't surrounded by trusted people Mm -hmm. and uh I still lived at home, and so that made it easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were so many people living a completely different life than me that it was really difficult for me to get um, connected to the school. And then additionally, my teachers, professors, um, often spoke poorly about Christians. Wow. And, um even in the social work program. And so I actually left there and went to Evangel University and graduated from there in Springfield, Missouri. And that is a Christian college.
1: Was that because of that? Is that why?
0: Yeah, I was getting ready to apply for the social work program at Park. And you have to write a paper about how you feel you can um, live out there mission statement for the social work department. And okay. there were several things in there that I didn't agree with and couldn't feel like I wow. could do that. Yeah, And so I kept putting off writing that paper and I didn't really know why at the time, but then that was kind of like an aha moment of mm-hmm. like, wow, I, I, I don't agree with this. Mm-hmm. And so I went in search of a school where I could come into agreement with
2: the program. I think that's there. important to know because I actually I've, yeah, as you were saying that I was like, Oh, I, you know, we have a son who's 18. He's starting in a community college, local community college. And um you know, he's, he's his own person. He's doing his own thing, but we've even had conversations just kind of saying like, you might have to put your head down a little bit and just to sort of get by yeah. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder sometimes if we're doing, if that's, it is a disservice, but I wonder how much of a disservice sometimes it is to say, like, sometimes you just have to get along to get along in some, sure. in some situations. But you were about to spend a lot of money to do something that you didn't agree with, that was against what you believed. And I think sometimes it's really important that we yeah. encourage our kids to say, to recognize, like, this this is just not okay yeah,
1: with me. And you know? I'd add, I mean, I, you know, no disrespect to you or any of us I, because I know we're all doing our best, but you, here you've gone through your entire K-12 through 12 existence as a, as a Christian student, and then you're thrown into a secular university setting. Um, it's not your fault that these people don't espouse your worldview. Right. But is it more incumbent upon us to think more deeply about the next step after high school? Is that it? I say that for all of us, not right. just you. No, no, not make a make criticism. Sure, their, sure,
0: you know? yeah.
1: Like, would you have done it differently now? I, I know?
0: would do it differently now that I look back. I think that it was just, I. This was a close, the closest college, it's e- right, and That's it's where convenient. we went. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, fun was, setting,
2: like it's a neat town. Like right. there's all kinds of benefits. Um, yeah,
0: it's a lot cheaper than going to a four year college. Mm-hmm. You know, those types of things, mm-hmm. and so. I There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going to community college. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the person, too, mm-hmm. because I, my personality is to strive against things that I don't agree with. Okay. And so yeah. um, it was really difficult for me mm-hmm. to go in there every day. And um, they didn't know I was a Christian, per se, my professors. Okay. But they, you know, graded my papers differently because I disagreed with some of the things even that they were teaching. Right. And
2: and that's those, a hard place to be in when yes. you're paying that money for those classes. Well,
1: and Could I money? play devil's advocate for a second sure. and just ask you then, Would you, if somebody said, uh, well, see, this is exactly what's wrong with Christian education. It, it shelters uh, people like Hannah and then she goes out into the real world and she doesn't know how to handle herself.
2: Like, you've been in a bubble, but now you're not, and what do you do, yeah. t- you and know? I, I'm,
1: that's, I mean, sure. understand, just right.
2: just, No, I totally agree. I think
0: that's a really good point. I was uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't prepared.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, um, good, that's strong, that's, that's I, important. So you didn't feel like you were drowning in no, the secular world. No. You just felt like you didn't have a home where you were.
0: I didn't feel like I had a home, I didn't feel um, comfortable and I i was as a young person looking for that um, college experience sure. where you have lifelong yeah. friends and those sorts mm-hmm. of things and I wasn't getting that there mm-hmm. um, and then you put on top of that the educational piece of it mm-hmm. that um, really I was experiencing a, a minor form of persecution mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uncomfortable mm-hmm. and so When I made the choice to go to Evangel, it wasn't necessarily um, because I couldn't handle Mm -hmm. going to park. It was a conviction Mm -hmm. that I felt like I could not say the things or be the things that they were expecting of me at park or in a secular setting because I am not those things.
2: That's a really, really important point. And a really, I think something important to consider for parents now, too, when they are feeling convicted, as you said, that what they're seeing in front of them is not okay and it is making them Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. that you do, as a parent, have to decide. How much is too much, and what's my, what's my option? If well, I'm not going to sit here, what am I going to do? And also,
1: what's the parent's yeah. responsibility? I Just out of curiosity, I don't know if your parents said anything about, uh eh, should you think twice about park? Did you consult with them? Would you have wanted more of their counsel? Because I suppose there are probably parents listening who are thinking about their own kids going on yeah. uh, that either home educate mm-hmm. or send them to Christian school, and they want to avoid what you're talking about. Right. What would you say those parents do or should do?
0: You know, my parents, I think, were looking at the price tag. Mm-hmm. Park is a lot cheaper than going to a four-year right. Christian school. And so they were a little bit hesitant to me making that switch to begin with. Um, but at the same time, they, they supported me in that when I really explained, you know, what the issues were. I would encourage parents to, again, seek the Lord about what's the best thing for their children. But obviously, this is kind of a child's um, choice. Mm-hmm. But my parents also brought up the fact when we, when I was going through this is that it's your choice to an extent, but we're paying for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so we're going to have a say in mm-hmm. this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that... Um, just because a child turns 18 doesn't mean that parenting's done Mm -hmm. right and so um i think that there's uh it becomes more guiding
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. um at that age um rather than i because i said so but
2: (laughs) (laughs) right because that has other ramifications too to just continue to do that yeah you have to guide more yeah
0: so I think that, you know, there's definitely a guiding and encouraging your child to kind of take on a little bit of the role that you as a parent has, mm-hmm. has done for a little while on themselves. What do you believe? Mm-hmm. What do you think is best for you? Mm-hmm. And um, ask them to be honest with themselves and with what, what they're experiencing and what would be best there's nothing wrong with going to a four-year college Mm -hmm. and that's not a Christian school. Yeah. And I think that if kids have a strong foundation, that that can be, um, a really good experience. Um, but I also know that there is a lot more indoctrination opportunities Mm -hmm. (laughs) in higher level education sure. than there even is in the case of undone? Do
1: you think if you'd stayed where you were, could that have been undone? Do you think they could have worked on you to a point that you it would have broken you? Or
0: I think that, um, you know, the, this is not anything to toot my own horn or anything, mm-hmm. but my personality is yeah. just, I know what I believe mm-hmm. and you're not going to get me to change my mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I can see where it would be very easy mm-hmm. To just, just to say, acquiesce. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say these things so that they'll,
2: well, like get what off I said, back. just yeah. like right, keep your head down and just yes. play the game, yeah. so you can get and through. And then it becomes oh. uh, part of your worldview. Yeah, that doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. but that's a yes. good point. Well, it's just yeah. easier
1: after a while. You, find, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. less persecution when you're just going right. And just and like it's
2: easier right now, I think, for some families to just leave kids where they are mm-hmm. instead of having the really hard, hard yes. conversations of, yeah. this is, and again, not that you're right what you said at very very beginning is important parents do need to be making the choice for each family and what it was for our family is not necessarily the right thing for the next family but if you're feeling like it might be right you know that's what you're saying is something that's really important to think about yes i think so as you left then evangel and you went into social work Mm -hmm. then just you know i know we can't talk for like hours and hours and hours but what kinds of because you you're you were entering and, and getting in there just as, like, our kids were little. Our littlest ones never had phones, never had, like, they didn't have that stuff. But right. then it, it came along, right? Mm-hmm. So you were in social work as the iPhone yeah. and social media took off. And so what yes. did you see? Now you've gone through your university. You've still strong. You know, you're in your convictions. You're still doing what you're doing. But now you're dealing with... A lot of. By the way, we were
1: now we're twenty years into that. That was still a new, relatively new phenomenon. I don't know that a lot of people in your field even understood it yet, at that point.
0: Definitely not. Not the ramifications that we're seeing now. Um, I I think by the I left um, social work in twenty twenty one, and that's when you were really starting to see some of the damaging effects of social media, mm-hmm. phones in your hand, right. always available to mm-hmm. you. Um, but you know, for a great majority of my time, it was still very um, just your typical teenage yeah.
2: issues. Yeah, because I'm doing the math, and I think it was right around like 2016-ish. That's when our oldest probably that's when he got a phone for the first time and yeah. he was 6th grade which we all the time now we're like that was too young but we didn't we didn't know you sure. know we didn't we didn't realize we didn't think about it as much um so yeah that's been like now those people are they're the 18 and the 19-year-olds yes. and the 20-year-olds. And well, the smartphone or the hard.
1: mid-2000s, I think, right? right. Something like that. And I think anything. that that's
0: yeah. a, a big distinction because yeah. I got my first phone when I was 16, but it was a little flip phone
2: that did Not nothing the same besides calling yeah. and right. texting. Right, mine too. Yeah. But his was like, here's of, the world. Here's like, the world yes. available mm-hmm. to you all yeah. the time. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, I, I think that um, that the phone, the smartphone and social media are one of the most damaging things to a Mm -hmm. child um when i was a kid the the only thing i had to compare myself to was either the people around me which generally looked pretty much the (laughs) same as me Mm -hmm. um and we're all from the midwest Mm -hmm. you know or a magazine right and it was never. It's just some
2: other person that I'm mm-hmm. looking at, which is really interesting too that you say that. Just the magazine, because I, I mean, there's a reason that whole Victoria's Secret song took off, right? Like that's sure. what I grew up with, seeing these skinny, skinny, skinny models and yeah. perfect, perfect. You know, it was. We still had issues, yes, but it wasn't the same as 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 exacerbated as it was by. It's a phone. not
0: you looking back at you looking better, right?
2: A right. Filter
0: on you. Yes, that's Where true. now, yeah. you're the model, and mm-hmm. you look better on the screen yes. than you do in real and life. You can fix all the
2: things that right. you don't immediately. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's
0: true. And so it's like the un- the the magazine, but to a whole nother level, right. where uh, especially for a girl, mm-hmm. that is, uh, it's impossible to live up to. Mm-hmm. Um, as an adult. I have gotten off. Uh, I started in in January. I just deleted Facebook and Instagram okay. off my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was feeling convicted of like I'm looking at this more than I'm looking at my little baby mm-hmm. that's on the floor right. and right um, playing. And I could yeah. be teaching him things mm-hmm. and interacting with him. I don't want my child to look up at me and my you face is in the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that was a big conviction for me. And if I'm, a, you know, at the time, a 30-year-old woman, mm-hmm. and I struggle with that, right. I cannot imagine right. a teenager who has a little impulse control and... No
2: fully brain development <laughs> <exactly>. going on. <laughs> yeah.
0: How they manage mm-hmm. the the pull that is social media. Yeah. Um, I... I'm thankful that I've never been on like TikTok or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. I've seen the videos, but I don't spend time on there because mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most addicting ones mm-hmm. that there is. Right. It's created to make you addicted to it. And so, you know, there's... Uh, that has an incredible impact on um, on teenagers and how they view themselves and how they see other people and how they Mm -hmm. can interact with other people. Social Mm -hmm. um, anxiety is through the roof. I looked up some statistics before we came and the National Institute for Healthcare Management says that one in three teenagers, so 13 to 18 years old, Mm -hmm. has a diagnosed anxiety disorder. Okay. And-
1: One in three.
0: One in three and so that is a whole generation of people who are so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. that they cannot interact with others and i believe that that's because they're constantly stuck in this perfect world Mm -hmm. of social media and you know, social media is either all drama or it's the per-
2: perfect thing that you sure. can never live up to. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you don't think there's a balance. You don't think there's any just, and, and again, I'm looking at it too. Like I know how to balance hard. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard for sure. Like, yeah. so I, I do 100% acknowledge and I'm not arguing. I'm just curious. Sure. Cause I think there will be people that are like, but I know how to put my phone down. Like I know how to, in, yeah. and yes, as an adult, but So I'm like 15 years older than you. Then we've got our daughter 15 years younger than you. And then we've got a baby, right? So we've got these four stages. Mm -hmm. And so I wondered, can you balance that and not create these anxiety-ridden kids and young adults? Well, I I
1: mean, here's what we know. I'll just throw it on top of that. Just anecdotally, our kids' friends, (laughs) uh, what we learn, uh, a great number of them, though, literally can't. Converse, out in the can't real. Can't place world. orders at restaurants. They don't. I mean, literally yeah. can't go up and say, "Excuse me, could you point me to the restroom?" Or, "Excuse me, could I get some ketchup at the re-? Like it's they. Well, can't. our
2: daughter just came to us this weekend, and she's like, "I made my own nail appointment," and I was like okay good because i don't have the time you know and she's like no but i mean you should be proud of me and i was like no i sure shouldn't
1: but it's a thing like but it's a yes, major nobody can do that i did it, you know like, that's what? bizarre me. i had no idea <laughs> no.
0: i think that that is definitely uh generational i experienced a little bit of that when i was a teenager and i i think facebook came out when i was maybe like 13 or 14, Mm -hmm. something like that. It was like
2: 2009-ish, I remember, like exactly. Yeah, so
0: obviously you were... But you can only get on that computer, right? You know you what I mean. It so it was yeah. like, and also Gosh, I think we had point. like dial up. So it was yeah. you yeah. know, I got to wait twenty minutes for <laughs> this page. My to pictures load. won't
2: load. I give up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it wasn't even like a pool because there was not very much there.
1: Wasn't convenient. Um,
2: I it thought wasn't it was convenient. dumb. I thought it was dumb when I first. I was, yeah. and then two years later, I'm like, yeah, maybe, and you, you might
0: know. go, you know. Four
2: months without, Forever, without ever like, even looking oh, at
0: it or yeah, touching it. Yeah. And now it's every day, every minute hours of the day. Hours upon hours, yeah. And so I experienced that, a little bit of that uncomfortableness with like talking to people. Okay. And um, okay. I... I I would assume that that's also from social media, social media because it was, yeah. I'll, all I had to do is talk to them through a screen right? and said, I can send easier. them a text message. Mm-hmm. I can, I don't have to call them. You know, yeah. my parents' generation, if you want to talk to somebody, you have to call them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even with um, dating, you know, they're instead of we're sending a text message. Do you want to go out instead of asking in person yeah. or calling somebody and talking to them on the phone? that that was even prevalent in my generation and so now yeah I well, how could they have yeah. those skills those skills mm-hmm. and so I I believe that adults can probably have the ability balance. to make to have a balance mm-hmm. um, I there's no, nothing wrong with wanting to be on social media. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot of things mm-hmm. from social sure. media, <laughs> yeah. um, done a lot of yeah. research through <laughs> social media, but uh, I don't think that underdeveloped brains mm-hmm. can have have the ability to have the balance.
1: Here's my hope. Uh, my hope is she and I represent a generation, we're Gen Xers, who raised, uh, we're in about a 20-year window where we kind of screwed up (laughs) Uh, i'm hoping that our kids see it and go oh Mm -hmm. we can't do that to ours maybe you and uh, you're a little older than our kids sure uh, but maybe you're already saying to yourself oh i'm not going to do that to mine maybe we're a 20-year experiment that won't (laughs) repeat itself is my hope
0: every generation wants to leave the next better off than you had it and so you know they're there's always gonna be things that you wish you can go back and Mm -hmm. do differently. But yes, I believe that conversations like this are the reason why there can be a turnaround. Mm -hmm. And if there's somebody listening today who is thinking about getting their seven-year-old a phone.
1: Don't.
2: Don't Don't do it,
1: (laughs) don't do it. But I think
2: that's important because like, again, it's not a condescending thing you're younger, we're here. I, there's people upstairs that are, you know, 15 years older sure. and we can all agree on yeah. that. And I think that speaks volumes that we have this range of, I don't know, 30 to 40 years of age saying, please don't, please don't do this. But even yes. our kids have said, I'm not giving my kid a phone when they're little. Like, well, they the miss the out problem on things, is you know. There's just
1: no coming back. I mean, there's right. just, once you undo. go there, you're yeah. done. There is no yes. putting the toothpaste back. And in
2: the seven toothpaste. is yes. hard. It's a, Seven, six, five, when, when they're little and that's, I mean, and I'm trying to remember, like we did stick the, like we had the little tablet things and they were games, mm-hmm. but there was nothing with like a few extra clicks. And then you had, like we the said, Internet. the whole world. It's like, yes. it was a game, still not great in retrospect, sure. you know, n- neither were the baby Einstein videos that I thought were awesome <laughs> that I also utilized. but I heard
1: like, the most, it's conv- I heard right? the most convicting comment from a preacher. Um, I was watching a sermon and he said something to the effect of, What if we treated our Bibles like our phones? my gosh. And right. it, it was sort of, it hit me. I was, You would never spend, I, well, it's sitting right here in front of me. No, right but now. that's such I mean, a good. You don't, you, yeah. if we treated our Bibles like we do this thing, <laughs> I don't go anywhere with that. I know where this is at all times. Yes. And so do our kids.
2: Yeah. Right. I oh th-
0: my gosh. I think that it's, um, I think that so many of the, issues that kids are facing now young kids to teenagers are um because of social media Mm -hmm. i think that and social teenagers are not going to go on the computer and get on their social media they're just just (laughs) not going to do that it's the phone you know it's having the access to it all the time Mm -hmm. and um there's Lots of uh, movements that are you know. There's one that's called wait till eight, eighth Okay, yeah, um, I've heard of this. We've talked about that. I think mm-hmm. waiting till eighth grade, um, you know, to give somebody
2: a phone, to give yes. your child mm-hmm. a phone
0: or or even access to social media, right? right. Um, and you know, f- for for my family, I will say I will wait till they're 18. They can mm-hmm. make their own choice mm-hmm. at that point whether they. Wow, you're
1: hardcore. You think no have phone. access.
0: Um, I think no access to social media. Okay. Um, there are phones out there for teens yep. um, that don't that have don't access. Have that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can call. And that you can call yeah. and text yeah. and those sorts of things. Right. When we, when I was sixteen, we got a phone um, for I think like Christmas birthday something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but all I could do on it was call and text. Right. Yeah. You know, right. and so uh, it wasn't an issue i think my yeah. parents biggest concern is that i might have been driving while i was mm-hmm. calling or something right. like that
2: right
1: well we had some friends uh, that taught us a little something and we tried it kind of unsuccessfully but we tried <laughs> it for quite some time but
2: we were diff- we was, did set us apart uh, though i think a little they bit they collected
1: the phones at night they took mm. the phones and yep. they kept them in their bedrooms yep the All the
2: way through their kids graduating high school. Yes. And we, we did we that. We that a lot. We did that a lot. A lot. lot. Yeah. And then, honestly, COVID kind of changed a lot of stuff. And it was just a funky, just weird in general. However, I remember them very specifically saying, like, no, same way our parents did. Like, nobody called our house after 9 p.m. or 10 p.m., yeah. right? Because there's no need. Nothing good is happening right. after that. You don't need to be out then. You don't need to be on the phone. And that was their reason for taking that phone. And we did take phones. And I mean... Our kids, my parents did God! that as well. <laughs> you know, like that's you know that kind of thing. And I, I think logically they knew they slept better. Logically, yes. they knew nothing yes. was really going to happen. Um,
1: but boy, if it just but, weren't an option, it would have been so oh, much easier. Yeah. If we just never introduced <laughs> it, I mean, if I, if I could hit we rewind, wouldn't have to yeah. fight
2: like is a yeah. charge, is you well, know, like all the things like we wouldn't yeah. have had to do it had we just waited a little yeah. bit on that kind of thing. So but that's, that's the
1: important. theme of Christian education broadly. <laughs> Wish I had done it it's, sooner. It's a harder week. path. Yeah. And uh, all of it's yes. harder. I mean, yeah. to do this right, it's going to be more challenging, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's it, making a commitment like that is it's it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. because it's uncomfortable for the child because they'll be the weird one without the phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's uncomfortable for the parents mm-hmm. because the child is going to continuously ask for it right. or want it or wish for it. Yeah, and hopefully you can cultivate your family life and your children that that's it eventually it does not become a part of their life mm-hmm. you know right. it's not a pull mm-hmm. because there are other things to do in the world besides <laughs> stare at your phone and yeah. um you know i would i'd say that for thousands of years people have been we living manage. without social media <laughs> have been entertaining themselves mm-hmm. without those things mm-hmm. and You know, my hope is for my children is to be able to teach them how to do, how to entertain themselves, how to be creative, how to do those things without needing it fed to you all the time.
1: Well, I want to have you back in like ten to twelve years (laughs) and follow up with you. (laughs) See how a fourteen-year-old is twelve-year-old,
2: and then we'll yeah, Yeah. because it is. It's a it's it's a thing. I mean, it's a deal. Like making these decisions, whether it's where the pull your kid, get a phone what you give them access to, how you talk to them, who they hang around with, they're all they're relevant. But like you said, I really that statement that you wrote, like there's places that we're all going to be uncomfortable, but we can also be there prepared a little bit yeah, as well and be absolutely. ready to take on what's absolutely. there. Um, we really appreciate your time today. i so, so glad to hear from somebody that has kind of walked that path that we're I'm excited to kind of see at least halfway for half the year or half yeah, the school year. Good luck time, on right? the new baby. I know. It's awesome. Just, Thank that's you. It's exciting. It's nice exciting. Us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, Thank you. I am loving all these conversations yeah. that we have been having. Like just these people, all these people coming through from the ambassadors that we've been talking with, going back, just having Anna on with us, having people like Maddie on with us, just seeing how. God has been working in all these lives in these different ways. To where when they leave, I'm like, I'm yeah. so glad you just taught me a whole bunch of stuff that I did not know as a 47 year old woman. Well, <laughs> and the learning
1: doesn't stop. You know, that conversation right. teaches me to think about beyond K through 12 and what they will be encountering when they go to college. Mm-hmm. And you well, know. just how
2: we talk, we talked in another earlier episode about our son with the job, um, having a job where he's. Uh, obviously he's around a whole bunch of people with a lot of different backgrounds and beliefs and how to navigate some of those situations that are coming up that are no different than what a lot of people are experiencing in schools. And so I think that is, it really is a conviction for me for why, Oh gosh, just to change up. If you haven't changed up, if you're feeling, I need to change some things or do some things differently because it just, it isn't an eight to three school day. It isn't a you know, Sunday afternoon. It's all, it's 24-7. Like Glenn Schultz has said a lot, someone we've referenced, it is 24-7 around the clock, week after week with this. Yeah,
1: and you know, in this conversation with Hannah, one of the things that I have said to friends of mine who have infants, uh, toddlers, is you hand them one of those phones and there is no going yeah. back. Yeah. So I think long and hard, uh, if you think that phone is an important thing in your kid's life, I mean, I'm not sitting in judgment. I'm just saying if we had it no, to do all over again. Right. We you know, take it from old timers who've learned a thing or two. Right. You, <laughs> you, you only get one crack at this. So once you hand them that thing Gosh, and give them the world yes. in their hand.
2: Right. Or like our back. Right. And to tag on that, what our pastor has said a couple of times, like you were 18 years raising your kids phone or no phone. Yeah. And then they go off. What can a a college professor do in a semester to undo everything that's been done? And I think there's a lot of parallels there between phones and education and what we want for our kids.
1: Keep in touch. Let us know what you thought of today's show and uh, check out the show notes. You know, We always leave notes uh, down below so that you can find out resources about the foundation or maybe reach out to us on social media. Uh, Love your comments. Love your thoughts and your five-star reviews, we hope. And until next week, we'll see you right back here on Making the Leap.
0: Making the Leap is a podcast presentation courtesy of the Herzog Foundation. Please rate and comment on the show, as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you next time on Making the Leap.